And good morning, everybody, and welcome to what I think is the 40th edition of the Men's Mental Health Show. We've got a cracking show ahead for you today. I'm your host, uh, Bradley Spillo Spillane. Uh, we've got a couple of really good guests today. I've had to actually put one between two of them because uh, they always play up. Um, uh, it's Melbourne Cup Day today. Um, and what a, a great day it is outside. I, I can't remember the last time we had a, a nice day here on a Tuesday that's uh, shirt-wearing material. Um, it's generally been around four or five degrees so far, so we, it looks like we've turned the corner. Um, I just want to say a, a big uh, thank you to my sponsors, Dale Hunt and uh, the Mounties Board and the Mounties Group down there at uh, Mount Pritchard, Harbour Diggers, which was uh, my home club, of course, in the Northern Beaches, and of course, my good mate, uh, Noel Pope, um, who's uh, down there in, at the post office in the Greater Lawson community. So, uh, without further ado, let's, uh, let's move into it uh, and uh, introducing uh, my uh, co-host and good mate, local psychotherapist and uh, Blue Mountains badminton champion, uh, Bodie Marsden. Bodes, how's, how you been, mate? We must be on Sky News. It's all fake. Now, now, now. This is not... I'm, I'm going to have to... I've got a mute button here for you, Blue. It's better than the ABC. <laughs> Pull that mic towards you for me, Bodes. Give me, uh, give me some, uh, give me a one-two. Look, look, the best games that Blue and I ever had is when um, it, um, I would win and then he'd win the next one and then I'd lose and he would win and we'd come out honourable sort of kind of tie, um, you know, so both exhausted by the sort of effort but both elated by, um, you know, the, the, the shared reality of success and failure. <laughs> so um, th th they are memories, abiding memories for me. We were, we, 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 there was a guy who was try trying to change light bulbs and we were having a, you know, mid-morning sort of kind of game. What, mid-badminton? Yeah, 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 yeah. And, wow. um, and um, you know... Blew Just the two of us, was <laughs> Yeah, the guy was watching and he said... After about 15 minutes, he said, oh, I can't watch this anymore. You guys are too much. And Blue says, it wasn't a game, brother. We were just warming up. And he just went, oh, fuck this and walked off. <laughs> <laughs> we have to beep that one out. Uh, beg your pardon. We yeah, apologise uh, to our listeners. Um, and, uh, it's the Men's Mental Health Show. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and is a sticky subject. Man. <laughs> and I want to welcome back, uh, of course, who he's talking about. He's, uh, his sidekick on the badminton court, uh, the general. Uh, Captain Buller McKanker, Blue Phillips himself. Bluey, thank welcome you. back, mate. Yeah, thank you for that. Mm. <laughs> oh, is that it? That's me done. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> what do you think about the AFL final? Uh, good, good uh, first half. I think it was a bit uh, predictable that uh, three teams in the in the various grand finals that I was kind of. Uh, you know, backing uh, all got done, so uh, I'm like yeah. becoming like Peter Fitzsimons, buddy, kiss of death, mate. It's yeah. a conspiracy. But, uh, yeah. Do you really want to become like Peter Fitzsimons? Uh, yeah. yeah, there you go. Yeah. Oh, so, I, so I, so I thought it was quite coach. sad to see Ablett go down. I thought, um, mm. I really thought that, particularly when he came back after his shoulder was popped back in. I mean, he, he's a player for all ages. You know, he's he's a yeah. once in a generation, and I thought that he had it matched with Dusty but you know there's one thing that you can't do when you're 26 points up is uh you know you can't write off a champion and and Dusty Martin he's that good he's you know I mean I'm not as into the game as much as yourself yeah. I, I do love it I watch mm. the final every year or repeat if I'm playing cricket or for whatever reason but um 
you know, these uh, the, a saying that uh, Fitzsimons always says too, you, you ride off a champion at your own peril and he's he was just something else. Yeah, but even with that, I, I thought it was a bit of a leadership coaching mistake out of sentiment to have left him on. You know, in that game, you've got to be fair income and, you know, he, he, he played... You know, hundreds and hundreds of games, and he is a he is a champion, and he's one. I think that Ablett, yeah. You know, it's interesting if uh, I think if he'd started playing, you know, soccer or rugby union, he would have been a recognised Australian champion at that too. Just one of those people, yeah, that's a national natural. gifted athlete. But I thought to leave him on, uh, I thought it was a sentimental mistake on the coach's part. You know, mm. should have should have. Mm. Mm. Um, you know, had him carried off on the shoulders, maybe, mm. and then, uh, you know, get someone else out there and uh, someone that's going to rip straight into him and match it with Dusty and that sort of yeah. stuff. But he yeah. was, uh, yeah, he just wasn't in it. He you know, 357 games, I think. Um, but yeah. but good, good luck to him. I think that's a fair point as well. Yeah. And, um, and we'll move on to uh, back for his uh, second trip up the hill. Um, uh, Two-time uh, 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 tour of Afghanistan. And um, we're going to talk a bit about what he's doing of late. He's been doing... Uh, he wants to get into some webinars. Uh, you did a terrific thing I saw a couple of weeks ago. Craig Bawley Ball. Welcome back, mate. Thanks, How's Brad. things, bud? Things are amazing, man. I can't speak more highly for how excited <laughs> I am to be back. And... And one of the great uh, surprises is to have, look, I don't know who my heroes are because I haven't met them all yet, but the people that fall into a category of hero for me are, are veterans from past wars and uh, to be sitting next to Blue today, sir, I just want to say I got tongue-tied just a second ago, if you noticed <laughs> before, I <laughs> didn't know what to say. That's a beautiful uh, thing to say, a, mate. It's a privilege, uh, sir, to be sitting next to you uh, and so I can't wait to hear what we're going to talk about today. We're going to have an awesome time. We're um, never going to be short of words, are we, Boats? No, no, no there's no shortage of uh, good words. I, I think between the four of us, actually, we, yeah, we yeah. all go mm. pretty good just quietly. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah I think we'll get into it. Um, yeah, so to, to the point of what you, you mentioned, and I'll, I'll talk about it as we go further on, as, sure. it, as it becomes more appropriate, but yes, uh, our webinars are coming. Uh, two weeks away from the big one, uh, which, uh, yeah, I'm really pumped about. I love the fact that you have um, the gift of giving, Borley. Um, you have these goals of wanting to get on and doing a podcast every month, getting out there and... Um, you've done a lot of TED Talks, you've done a lot of talks, um, you've sadly lost a lot of mates, particularly recently, um, but you remain incredibly positive and, you know, I, I think that's a testament to, to, to who you are and, you know, I we appreciate you coming up here. It's an honour to have you, mate, just as much as it is to have Blue and Boats. So too kind. We appreciate it. <laughs> But I thought what we would do just to start off with is just to do a bit of a check-in. Um, you know, uh, we, we, kind of, we, we kind of got on that last week. Um, you may recall a couple of weeks ago I took uh, – I, I had to cancel the show. I, I just had a few personal issues. Um, you know, we still get those kind of things. So I just thought we'd, we'd just do a general check-in to see how we are for the first third of the show and then – you know, we'll, we'll go from there and and um, and see how we go. So I thought I'd start with you, Bodes. Um, how have you been? Obviously, you're, you're getting out there in the batty court. Um, I popped in to see you yesterday. You, he, look, uh, for those uh, that aren't aware, Bodes is um, uh, self uh, self sufficient. He's um, he's got one of the best veggie gardens you're likely to see in all of uh, the Blue Mountains. Um, tell us a bit about that and what you've been up to, mate. 
Um, look, uh, the amount of money I've spent in building infrastructure to get the garden up, I could have fed myself 10 years at Totorello's. So <laughs> this that's is the a, local fruit market. This is a shout-out to uh, Toddy's. Um, uh, but that's not the point, really, is it? I mean, it, uh, it's the satisfaction of... Um, fresh produce, um, the sweetness of uh, uh, things that are grown, um, um, the work of, uh, of, of uh, putting a garden down, of uh, planning and plotting, actually put, putting a garden down and getting succession planting requires a certain sort of discipline and a certain sort of planning um, that's actually quite, uh, it's quite satisfying. Um, and I still haven't fully mastered it, but I'm having a good crack at it. Mm. Um, it's a journey, don't you think? It is a journey. <laughs> um, and, and look, it's a shout out to my old man. My old man, um, uh, we had an acre of, of land under cultivation um, in Teatatu uh, in New Zealand. And uh, we grew carnations commercially, so I learned a, a lot about sort of kind of growing flowers and disbudding and, and, and packaging and that sort of stuff. Um, and he had a big veggie garden. He had an old rochu hoe. He was a landmaster um, wow. from, from an English uh, sort of chain-driven four-cylinder uh, four thing. And um, he could heave that thing around. It, you know, he, he yeah, wasn't right. a big man, my dad, but um, he, was, he was strong. strong One of my abiding memories is at 80, he pulls out... Um, a, a later version of uh, Rochi Ho, and um, he's going up and down, sort of churning the soil. At 80, his gum boots on, a little hat. Um, and I was thinking, oh, you old bugger, you know. Uh, oops. Uh, That's fine. You know, you, um, you know, you still got it, um, and you're still active. And so, and so, the garden for me is my way of acknowledging um, certain aspects of my father, which I admired immensely. Mm, mm. So the garden, mm. um, you know, meets a number of sort of kind of realities. Mm. Uh, I had a client this morning, and um, you know, he, um, in a marriage turmoil at the moment, and they've been separated for about sort of four or five months. Um, no, I'm sorry, yes. But uh, um, uh, they came together recently. It's just a chance visit. And uh, both of them brought their vulnerability together and uh, suddenly, um, you know, found themselves talking about, uh, you know, uh, maybe we need to, to get to uh, to find a way of coming back together again. That oh, that's wonderful. a genuine wonderful. sort of affection wow. and realisation for each other. And I was struck again by um, that when we, when we bring our vulnerability and our tenderness to the table, um, you know, the opportunities that flow out of that. And that, um, you know, in a curious way, one of men's struggles or one of men's burdens is that sometimes we have to staunch up because we're in a situation and we're staunching up as the only sort of sensible option. Um, but, if we, but if we are forever trapped by being staunch, um, we've become one-dimensional men. Um, mm. But it's not easy for a man to navigate this, um, uh, this reality um, at all. So it's actually, actually one, of the, one of the big challenges. But um, this is a shout-out to all of you who are thinking um, about um, opening up and softening and uh, getting tender, um, allowing, um, uh, reaching out and the idea of connection to prevail. Um, I'm very encouraging of that because I've time and time again in my consulting room, I see breakthroughs as a result of that sta stance. And whenever a man staunches up, I just see separation and disconnect. Oh, so wonderful. a shout out to that. So that's that's me. It's something that yeah, we've. Wow, that's really powerful. Yeah, it's something we've not talked about for a couple of weeks is vulnerability. Yeah. Um, you know, and and ultimately it's the reason why we are here, the, us four gentlemen, um, here today to talk about our vulnerabilities um, and and to open up. I think that that's um, an admirable thing that um, gentleman has done, but uh, and also to his wife as well. But. Um, well, I've been saying forever now that vulnerability is strength, and even in mm. so, it is, yeah. even in so much as if you are speaking with a group of guys, or you know, just sharing with a couple of mates, and you know, say for example, there's somebody there who doesn't know you, 
and you share something that was challenging or difficult or, you know, even if you're fortunate enough to be able to bring those emotions up and cry, mm. that person who doesn't know you mm. may be inspired to share with somebody else mm. and whatever they share, this is the beauty of this because you never know how far they, your level of influence goes. Mm. But that person may share with somebody or that person may, through sharing themselves mm. and through being vulnerable because mm. you've taken that leadership role mm. by being vulnerable, that may prevent them from going too far one day. Mm. And that is something that, look, we, it's a gift. Mm. Vulnerability is a gift and you give that through sharing that emotion with others and it helps them to be stronger because of that. It's a terrific point. And, mm. you know, um, what do you think about that, Blue? No, I think it's very important. And even if, uh, you know, you get blokes that, uh, you know, put on like a, a, a hard shell or a profile and in the ADF and in the Army in particular, uh, you really have to recognise that people go through life giving off a certain profile. Mm. And when I'd have people under stress with, you know, 35 years of running adventurous training all around the place, you know. You just know someone's doing it tough, but they're giving off this facade because it's important to them within the status of the group, you know what I mean? Like these people there are, you know, bush lawyers and they're, you know, oh, Jono, he's as tough as nails, but he's not. He's and not. further you and he's, go. He, he knows that he's not, but he's mm -hmm. given off the profile. You see it in families too. Like I remember someone rang into a radio show and they were talking about, you know, family profiles and this sort of stuff. And this bloke ring, rings in and he's all, <laughs> yeah, I've got a weird family, so I've got a 14-year-old son and, and uh, you know, his nickname in the family is Psycho. You know, the, call my dog. the bloke running the program just said, whoa, 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 mate, just back it up a minute, mm. you know, like, and is he really like Psycho? Does he give off, you know, psychotic? Oh, yeah, yeah, he's mad as a gut snake, mate. I said, just be careful of that, you know, they had a psych running the program. And he said, he's going to live in that role and he's going to do stuff to maintain mm. the that profile, profile of what you've yeah. carved out mm -hmm. for him mm -hmm. as a psycho. Just just be careful of that, mm. you know. You'll be visiting him in jail. Isn't that so, right Oh, we're going to see mm. a psycho. And this bloke says, oh, do you think it could do that much? He said, mate, I'm telling you. What's his first name? And it was, you know, bloody Marmaduke or something. He says, well, you know, find a shortened version of that, but don't call him psycho and don't encourage him to be psycho because he'll go through life fulfilling that role that you've mm. sort of um, authorised for him. You know what I mean? I think that's... I think well said, really Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, he, he's anyway. shit that nail on that, I, I agree. You know, the other, thing is, the other thing is too, you know, you look at, uh, you know, um, Borley was saying that, you know, involvement with people in other words well my, my father-in-law was in the second world war and uh it's interesting you know when just before i was about to go to vietnam because i you know met my missus in 1968 and we got married and only you know three weeks later my missus introduction to the army was uh, you know waving through the porthole of a Qantas plane going to thompson Hood airfield in vietnam and he said uh, <coughs> mate just take the time to look after yourself when you come back and just to take all the time you need you know i've never forgotten that and uh when I, you know, would subsequently go up the South Ursula RSL and have a few schooners of uh, reshes with Tom, uh, you know, his generation and, and particularly the generation before that, you know, the diggers in the First World War, very much with the women and the families and all that stuff around them, not only were they not giving off a vibe that they were vulnerable, society's attitude was, well, you're back now, what's the matter with you? Like, you know, like the day you were demobbed, well, you know, you're back, there's the farm, there's the tractor, hook, hook in. And so, you know, if they, and, you know, like within six months, they reckon that, you know, their mates at the pub that didn't go away, so oh, we're not back in the war again, are we, mate? 
you know, and I, I just find that really interesting that, you know, like sometimes even within families and even amongst, um, you know, uh, uh, women, and one of the things I like about, you know, Peter Fitzsimons, the, the writer, and my mates all take the mickey out of me because they know I'm a <laughs> Peter Fitzsimons fan, you know, they call me the bundanad one, um, is that when he's, his book's about military history, it's not so much that, you know, Alpha Division went here and the 3rd Division went there and the tanks went here, you know, that, that bores even military people. He's... You read Fitzy's to Brook, and a chapter will be about what's happening at the front, but the next chapter will be about, you know, uh, the families back on the farm, how they're coping. And, you know, a lot of people don't understand or um, take into account the burden that's felt by the wives and families and extended family when, when you're away, when you're deployed, so that, you know, when you come back, there's this great sort of shuffling of roles and responsibilities. But anyway, my point is we can't be thinking that in every case women and families are supportive of diggers who aren't doing it so well when they come home because you know if you've gone through your whole life getting smashed on the football field and in Bodie's case getting a hiding on the badminton court um, <laughs> you know we've got to be able to we've got to be able to get ourselves up and dust ourselves off and historically that's what blokes do and so we're expected to be you know like tough as cavemen and for us to open up and even weep or you know show mm. weakness in some cases luckily not my own but in some families it's not received well you know what I mean? There's that breakdown of role. You're meant to be a rock. You're meant to be tough. You're meant to be, you know, helping this family survive and in the early days keeping us safe from, you know, saber-toothed tigers and then with other little threats as they come along. Um, and, you know, for a bloke to then show vulnerability, it's really interesting when that's not received well mm -hmm. and that's where you need, you know, blokes like Bully and myself yeah. to look after digger on digger, you know, like they do in the police and the fire brigade. They call mm -hmm. it... Um, you know, just kind of keep an eye on a, kind of keep an eye on a mate. You know, yeah. like because oh, yeah. you, you know they recognise that. Um, you know, the first sort of signs that someone's not doing so well will be picked up by a bloke's workmates, almost independent of the occupation they're in. So sometimes, if you don't get support where you think it would automatically flow, uh, you know, there has to be support from some way. And 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 you're right, well, it can be just the most simple thing. Mm. You know, like that. That's why, you know, I think this um, are you okay thing is a bit overstated sometimes because that, that's not enough. You can't mm. just ask someone it's okay, you know. It's like, you know, it's like if you say to your missus, oh, I'm going out with the boys on Friday, are you okay with that? And she says, fine, fine. One of the most dangerous words in the English language, it's not really fine so at all. So what are you saying with the are you okay? Are you saying to press further? Yeah, 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 absolutely. So pre press that's, beyond that boundary that's, that's step and one. get into the yeah, yeah. Get into because, the tough stuff, get simple, into the real stuff. simple question like that might make you feel better, mm. but... What do you expect someone to come back with when you give a simple question like, are you okay? Mm, you know what I mean? It doesn't encourage... Let's the curtains open and get behind yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just, you know, you've got to be... What's going on at home? Yeah, yeah. What's, how's his things improved with the wife? Yeah, um, yeah, mate, you know, how's happened. your son? Yeah. Um, yeah, and how's that affecting you? You know, I, I think those questions are important. It's a terrific point, Blake. I, I think, think one of the problems mm. with are you okay, Dan, I think yes. to your yeah. point, sorry to yeah. jump in, but uh, to your point, uh, a lot of people don't know how to achieve a state of okay. And okay is one of those things that can be very easily achieved through accepting yourself and others unconditionally and accepting that we are fallible human beings mm. who mm. have the same worth. We're worth, all worthwhile. It doesn't go up, it doesn't go down. Um, and that... 
it's okay to be not okay and mm. to take that time and non-judgmentally accept one another. And I think to speak to one of the things that you were saying as well, Blue, one of the things that we can do, and I do a lot, and I didn't wasn't aware that I was doing it until this mate of mine who I was telling you about this morning, who's been an MC on some of the events that I've worked on. Yeah. At uh, I think it was at my wedding, he was the MC at my wedding too, and he got up and he said, you know, one of the things about Craig is in his friend group, I I establish a, like a safe space. I ask, mm. I talk about openly mm. about vulnerability, and then I ask everyone how they're doing emotionally. And if somebody says something that's like, like you said with uh, Psycho, you know, if somebody says something that I red flag, either in that mm. moment or the next available opportunity, I'll push them for it. I'll say, okay, what did being in a dark space mean? Mm. I want to know mm. because I knew that. You know, the last time I did this because I knew that that bloke's dad had suicided. So I said, okay, talk to me about a duck space. Why aren't you going to VVCS? Why aren't you seeking out something? Now, I know that, like what you say also with Are You OK Day, and that, and I think it's a, it's a common critique and it's not, a, not an un, unnecessary critique by any means that these things only go so far. Um, but we need to be the voice out there, like you say, and taking that further and helping people understand what OK actually is. It's interesting, you know, the chief, uh, Gary Sims, who comes on here quite often, is a, an advocate for Are You OK? He's done a lot of talks, he gets into it, and I'm sh you know, he, he goes beyond, you know, the boundaries mm. of getting mm. into the nitty-gritty. So it'll yeah. be interesting to get him on here and hear about what is actually said, how much further, what you know, what, what are the strategies or uh, techniques that are used that yeah. when he's going into um, classrooms or into, yeah. you know, uh, seminars and, and he's doing these talks. It's, I, I, I you know, something that made me incredibly proud. Um, I was asked to be captain. Uh, I said, I can only play a few games. I'm just, I can't commit. Some days I'm good, some days I'm not. And you guys have seen me in both. And I was asked to be captain of the cricket team up here. And, you know, I don't bowl. I basically just, I'm the general. I, I push people around or whatever, but um, I, I created, you know, and, I, and, I, and I, I was quite open with the boys. I said, boys, it's, it's important, you know, that, you know, some days I'm good, some days I'm a little bit over the top. I, you know, I, I can talk too much, I can be a bit manic, but I was quite open with them in regards to that. But I laid down two simple rules with them, and that was, you know, over 38 years of playing the game, when situations have become quite tense or close, it's the team that remains calmest just generally that wins. I only have two rules, mm. and that is um, remain calm, and if you've got something, bring it to me at the end of the over. I, I've never played a first game of cricket where every single chance was taken. Um, you know, we didn't drop a catch. It was, we've got 13-year-olds in the team and we've got 60-year-olds. It's amazing, and it was, I was so incredibly proud. I said something out to them, and... The responses that I've had back, you know, really, you know, got got to me. You know, mm. I was quite emotionally moved by it all, and I just, I, I felt that by creating that environment of, uh, you know, just being open and and you know laying it out there, being the one that was saying, um, these are my weaknesses, but you'll see some of my strengths. I don't need to say what my strengths are; they could see them, I guess, but. And, and I guess that by doing that, it, the boys just seemed to have gelled. It was just, you know, it was magic. It, it, it kind of reminded me of the days when I was playing music, you know, and we were up on the stage and everything was just going together. It was just, you know, it was magic. So, and, and I responded yesterday with a text to, to 11 of them and I said, you know, you've got to believe in yourself. Because 
the team itself, we don't look like we're a winning side, you know, and we're going against blokes that have, you know, in their 20s and 30s, they bowl faster, they're bigger. But we've got a team, I think, that can win, and that comes down to belief. But it also, as I said, you know, it's, it reaches onto the point of what you guys are saying. It's getting behind those layers of saying, are you OK? There's several ways of doing it. Yep. Yeah, mm. that's the mm. point I'm trying to make. Uh, to that point, uh, I've had the great privilege of being asked for my main my main client, um, Sydney Trains. I like to always do a shout Oh, yeah, Sydney Trains, that's right. Um, yeah. To their Are You OK days. They've got a rail Are You OK day and they've got, they celebrate the regular one and there's rail safety week as well. Um, and that's that's a thing that, yeah, I take people beyond. What do we do after we ask that question and how do you actually build that and support? So... Um, it's 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 a great start, but it's also yeah. needs way more. And I don't think and I don't think I've approached Are You Okay in the past. Recently, I've approached them to become an ambassador. Um, but I've approached them in the past and mm. said, "Look, I run this. This is about what is okay, how to achieve it." Yeah, I've got many things back, so I need to keep pushing that. They said they're going to let me know next year when the training opens up for the ambassador yeah. again, so I can become one yeah. and then hopefully advocate within that organisation. Good on you, Bolly. Because they're a great mm. organisation. Yeah, wonderful stuff. Yeah, I think the key to, you know, making all, all that sort of stuff work and hopefully, you know, Borley might respond to this as well, is that you have to know people that you're responsible for beyond a shallow level. Like, you have to know them as human beings <coughs> so that, for example, when their behaviour changes even subtly, you've just got to think, well, hmm, OK, OK, you know. Like in adventure training, for example, we used to have what we used to call something I introduced from the New Zealand... Uh, doctrine because you know despite meeting blokes like Bodie there's some intelligent stuff comes out in New Zealand yeah yeah thanks mate um, their their adventure training doctrine is is probably the best I've ever come across and anyway they 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 produce this little uh book called um uh, managing risk in outdoor activities it's a sort of thing you you know see in a barber shop and flick over and you know read Mm. yesterday's telegraph to avoid reading it but it's a little gem you know and it introduces this concept of uh you know, like um, the lemon. So, you know, the, the, the scenario was that, you know, you're out on a on an adventure training expedition and, and in your pack you've got this little uh, inflatable poker machine and you inflate this poker machine and you tape it to a tree and, you know, you find that, say, you, you know, you're running a, you know, a cross-country ski snow survival course and you find out that one of your group, you know, sort of fudged the kit check before you left and he hasn't got, you know, his woolen beanie. And you think, mm, you know, the weather's not too bad. We might get away with that. But you pull the handle of this, you know, mythical inflatable poker machine. That comes up as a lemon, you know. Mm. That's something that you now know about. And, and then you find out that, you know, someone, in fact, didn't go to the queue store and get, you know, the $350 Gore-Tex, but they used, for sentimental reasons, you know, a, a $10 Kmart little plastic coat that, you know, their missus gave them. And they've got that out there with them. And you think, oh, tell you what... This is another lemon, and, and, and you know, within the theory is, you know, you get you get three lemons and you hit the jackpot, which is really something going badly, badly wrong that you've let develop from, you know, I'm making this up, but you know, you haven't got the beanie, then you haven't got the Gore-Tex, and then you think, oh. so you know, in terms of risk management, what do you then do? Do you crack on regardless, yeah. or do you modify what you're going to do and say, well, you know, I better not take him up the top of where I was going to take him because I've got a bloke without a beanie and his head's going to be exposed, and I've got a bloke without a Gore-Tex. That's bad karma. And you don't tell the group. You just subtly steer it so that instead of going to place A, you might go to place B and dress it up that you're doing that because the ice is more dangerous and you keep them at that fearful level. But you don't go right to the top Top of the peak you're aiming for because, you know, um, the lemons have lined up. And, you know, 
knowing knowing people at a at a kind of deep enough level, you've got to know when they're giving you a metaphorical lemon, and you think, well, okay, then, yeah, okay. Mm. You know, he's not usually late, and he looks like you know he might have one or two beers. He looks like he's had seven last night. And then they come in tomorrow and there's something else wrong. And then yeah. you've got another lemon and that's when you've got to step in. And like I've mentioned on the air before, you know, I'm a bit like a diseased emu. I pick up anything but worthwhile knowledge. And I, and I watch and listen and observe people. And one of the best questions I've ever come across is one that Andrew Denton uses before he gets... He used to get people on his show, you know, mm. enough rope. And I think the question is just brilliant in its simplicity because it, you could ask the Queen this question and you could ask a British labourer two doors down in Park Street could turn by the same question and it would resonate and relate with him and he just he just asked them you know on the premise that you know generally life can be pretty tough how are you going how do you mm. get through and I think that's just brilliant and mm. I've, I've actually used that you say you know mate pretty tough gig you know we're in a pretty bad situation here how are you getting along mm. and you that put your lemons in that, front you of see you. what i mean it's not a, it's not a yes no question it's not something it's that so someone true. someone yeah. will come back and say fine that requires them to think and yeah. you've got to give them time to think you don't step in and take that space off them and let them say well you know mm. yeah it is hard at the moment because 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 mm. and that you know leads to further you know questions mm. that don't take a yes or no answer and before you know it they're relating stuff to you and that then particularly like in a leadership position you know i was a major for nearly 25 years um why not then, against you you then you then do something about it you know yeah. what i mean now now that you know x y and z it can give you the chance to steer you know like i was saying before like on an adventure training exercise it can be something as simple as going to destination b and not destination a because you suddenly know now that you're not equipped to get to a safely yeah and once you start once you put some luck into the equation, you know, and, and you think, and I hear like I hear people say this, you know, oh, you know, as long as our luck holds, you think you don't trust people's lives to luck. Mm, well, the thing about luck, you know, Blue, is it runs out. It runs out. Yeah, no, and I you, used to say that, you know. Yeah, you know. yeah and, and it's interesting what you say to the point of yeah. um, sometimes you can't tell or the slightest subtle changes, and often it's things you don't expect, mm. particularly with guys, because guys will either yell and scream about it or they'll bottle it up often they'll be bottling something up even if they like to yell and scream about it. And the problem was we know from, um, from all the psychological understanding we have these days is that transference and mm. transfer out in another form. I mean, the classic is going home and, and beating the wife and kicking the dog, you know. Mm. Like it's, um, whilst it's not necessarily a positive analogy or anything, it highlights the fact that it'll come out differently and often it'll come mm. out in unexpected ways. So that's something we've got to protect against. But before we go about saving the problems, well, we were checking in, if I'm not correct. Yeah, right. nah. right. With what's been happening. Well, so. what we're going to do is we're going to... Uh, we, we, we're coming up to that... Well, we're just after the half-twelve break. We're going to go to a song. But um, I, I wanted to hear what you had in uh, uh, rebound to... rebound to what uh, Craig and, and Blue have said here, Bodes. If you... Look, I, I'm, I'm, I'm in agreement. I, I, mean, I love the idea that vulnerability is leadership. Um, so when Craig said that, um, what I was powerfully um, uh, open to is the power of language and the power of association. Yeah. So to many of us, vulnerability was uh, losing the plot, uh, giving up, um, uh, um, you know, uh, inferior. Um, mm. uh, um, and I remember 55 years ago, a kid, we had a kid in school. Um, he, he was a, a, a Jewish lad coming um, and, um, you know, born in Germany. And, and he, he, he struggled. I mean, he's, and, 
you know, were we tender back? No way. We mercilessly rode this vulnerability that he had. And I feel embarrassed mm. to actually sort of admit. Oh, I think we've um, all done that, though. Don't yeah, you? yeah. You know, for, at some for stage. Sure. But, you know... Um, and we've all had it happen to us. Yeah, as well. and we have had it happen to us. And I think that... Um, but to sort of bring vulnerability as a leadership idea is to re-energise it as um, a, as an opportunity for new reflecting. I think that's what you're saying. Yeah, very, yeah. very much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Bringing in new information. Um, yeah. Blue was a, a, absolutely saying exactly the same as well. You know, that um, uh, that it opens up dimensions. So we move out of that, um, what I call the, the, the sort of fatal flaw of men, um, that one dimensionality, uh, that we've got, always got to be tough and staunch and on top of our game mm. and that sort of stuff. I just think that's exhausting. And from a mental health point of view, we're just not designed that way. Um, you, yeah, um, exactly right. Um, and it's quite interesting the, the dynamics that can occur in groups of men where one-on-one -on -one you might hear one thing and then as a group they might, as individuals, might band together and act entirely differently. And that came up in a, a conversation I was happening, having with a friend that I used to serve with and he, um, he did 20-something years and um, I think close to 20 years and he was one of the founding members of uh, my old unit uh, and retired, I think, as a major. And... He's now has a leadership company. He goes into these businesses and teaches leadership. And he said, "How would you work?" Because we we're talking about the, the various things uh, with presenting and, and, and getting to know a group of people. Because I prefer to present often because it's a great way to get leverage and you can reach more people. But I also like getting one on one with an entire group of people and having them feel that they that you feel the energy and you can work so much closer with them. And he said, "How would you get past something like this where you've got these?" tough blue-collar guys and they're like this they're one-on-one -on -one with you they're great but then it's it's like completely different group when they're together as, as a thing and i said mm. look you've got to come out and be vulnerable mm. i said i mm. said i came out there and um uh, in front of the group that i that i started working with back in 2016 and i said listen i'm in all of all of you guys um you guys i said despite what you would call what i'm doing now and what my role is today is white collar I said my, almost my entire career was blue collar, mm. including the military. I was digging mm. my whole career and um, everything I'd done around that almost mm. was, was blue collar. I said the only difference is that you guys are talented and have a trade. I wasn't talented enough so I had to rely on my <laughs> mouth and my people skills. Um, and breaking That's the, so true. Breaking yeah. the ice like yeah. that. But yeah. I think the real thing if you've ever faced with, an, with a, a group like that, I said call it out. Yeah. Call yeah. it out. Say, hey guys, this is what's happening. Yeah. It's how about we start being real and start let the ego go. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a terrific point. Look, um, I'll just say to the listeners, if anyone's got a question or anything they'd like to ask, send me a text on 0404 077 Uh You're listening to the Men's Mental Health Show. We're back in a moment. You're listening to 89.1 Radio Blue Mountains. Your voice, your community. Hey, it's Peter Siddle here for the McGrath Foundation. Every year, Pink Stumps Day gives people a chance to turn their cricket game pink and help raise much-needed funds for McGrath breast care nurses. And this year, there are even more ways to get involved and also be in the running to win some great prizes. You can get out by pinking up your local cricket club, you can stay in and pink up your backyard match, or go virtual by pinking up your social media. To play your way or to register your club, go to pinkstumpsday.com.au. 89.1, we're, uh, we're looking at it around exactly quarter to uh, 12. You're with the uh, Men's Mental Health Show. I'm your host, Bradley Spillo Spillane. I've, uh, I'm being joined here, of course, uh, as I am each week by my co-host and local psychotherapist, uh, Bodie Marzen. 
Um, located at Wentworth Falls, 0424416969, 0424416969. That's Bodie's number, uh, terrific psychotherapist. Uh, give him a call. And uh, I'm joined today by my two, uh, two guests, or our two guests, I should say, uh, returned serviceman uh, Craig Borley Ball and Blue uh, Buller McKenka Phillips, the general. Uh, it's great to have uh, you two gentlemen here today. It seems that we are on the topic of leadership that we, we kind of spoke of prior to the show. Um, but uh, we also said we'd do a check-in. I thought we, what we would do is we'd, we'd use each third of the show. So we, we've checked with Bodes and we sort of, as we do, we sort of go off track or we sort of drift away, but um, onto some extremely valid points and, and Blue and, and Craig brought up. How's, I mean, I think it's, it's been a month since I've seen you, Craig. Yeah, a little bit over. And, it was and 29th of September was the last time I was here. Yeah, okay, a little bit over. And yeah. uh, you, I, you know, last time it was a, a transitional sort of stage for you'd lost a mate that uh, you'd, you'd served with um, who'd taken his life. And I think... I only discovered that two days before we came on. Two, wow. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and you've lost quite a few mates in that time. But... Uh, is it okay for me to ask? And I'm sure you're an open book, as you say. Yeah, um, of course. Yeah. So just, just um, I've got a call coming in. So I, I want you to, yeah, by all means, tell me how how you been, mate. Um, I've been pretty good. Um, the uh, the funeral was uh, was nice. Funerals are never nice, I suppose. But it was it was okay. It was great to come and say goodbye. Um, it was also great to see some of the guys I served with. Some I'm more familiar with, and and. I would say better mates with than others, but that's just how it goes. Um, and I, you mentioned uh, Blue a little bit earlier that um, we were having a chat offline um, during the song and you'd mentioned RSMs and I think the quintessential RSM who stands out in my mind from my, um, all the years of, of military on and off for me, um, I won't say his name because he's still serving, but he's a uh, very senior RSM now and he... <laughs> This guy got an OAM, I'm not joking, well, as of my understanding, it may not be the actual writing on the OAM, but he got, as I understand it, an OAM. Is this going to be a poor Collingwood OAM? Uh, no, no, he got, well, I don't know <laughs> the, the import of that, but um, he got an OAM for scaring <laughs> candidates on selection. Because <laughs> he ran the selection for many years and, and my understanding was because he was so good at scaring them. And, um, oh, wow. He was, I remember him as a sergeant, on my first attempt at selection, a second attempt at selection, he wasn't there. But uh, I came back all the years later that I did to the unit and right. um, we were doing comm support for selection. And I remember walking out because we were doing a lesson on the, the very old 77 set radios that the candidates mm -hmm. were going to take with them. And um, this, uh, he was a woe two at that stage, Warren Officer Class Two at that stage. Uh, for those military buffs or people listening who, who don't know how the rank structure works, just briefly, the Warrant Officer Class 1 is what an RSM is, like the right. rank that they have, uh, Regimental Sergeant Major. Um, and uh, at this stage, and uh, we came out and heard him just tearing a new one off all of these candidates, and the air was as still as anything. It was like eerie, as if there were ghosts or something around. It was so... And in the in just heading towards dusk, and it was just such a, a full-on moment... And, uh, full metal jacket. All the other, and I knew, I knew who this guy was, and so I was just loving it. And everybody else on the comms team had never met him, and they were <laughs> scared to death. It's like they were on selection too. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I saw him at the funeral. It was great to have a bit of a chat. I don't know how much he remembers who I am. I guess mm. a guy with that much uh, clout uh, and, and 
who across such a big unit would um, probably not remember everyone, but it was really cool. Um, and uh, it was great to do that. I've had some residual grief hanging on um, around that, uh, which is manifested in a couple of different ways, but it's been great to work through when it comes up. I haven't how, really. How do you to do work that. through your residual grief? Let's can just talk to me a bit more about that. Yeah, What's yeah, yeah. the what's biggest one is exercise. Usually, after something has occurred or after I've received news of it, the next day or even that day when I I go train, I my circuit is extra hard. I tend to punish myself. It's just the way that it goes. It's the way mm. my body follows, and I tend to that then weakens me to a degree on some level so that I can emote better. So it does come out. I really love that okay. part. Okay, that's um, interesting. Yeah, yeah. The two most notable ones when it f I first started doing it was back in last October when my brother had a blow up at me and um, mm. the, it brought on a whole heap of anxiety which I'm now really happy to report that I've got under control mm -hmm. um, with mm -hmm. the use of, use of things like um, CBD oil which I'm very... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. we spoke about that prior to the show. It's yeah, a, yeah. something that uh, I've certainly found is beneficial, yeah. yeah. Amazingly uh, beneficial. So uh, that's usually the first port. I talk a lot. I'm a talker. Um, mm -hmm. I think we all should be, but uh, mm -hmm. I share that a lot. I talk a lot with my wife and I talk with some of the boys. Um, but it, it came up in the last month because I listened to um, – this is a random link, but – I listen mm. to Binaural Beats for Lucid Dreaming off YouTube, uh, entirely free, to help me to sleep some nights. In fact, That's interesting. It would be interesting if you have a chat with Bodhi about that because I know that he's quite interested in that kind of stuff, yeah. Yeah, I'd love to. And uh, I rolled on my phone when sleeping in my son's bed one night and it somehow managed to send a, um, a link via Instagram to one of my mates. And so I wake up in the morning, I look at my Instagram messages and there's a, there's a like for this thing. I went, did I send that to you by accident in the night? And wow. Like, and this is a guy who I'd been, I'd done a bit of mentoring <laughs> with before, 20-year veteran. Do you do uh, this, Blue? The ultimate bum dial, mate. <laughs> totally. <laughs> in bed. Totally bum dial. <laughs> and uh, this, this guy, I'd done a bit of work with mentoring, um, and he's one of my most successful mentees in terms of helping him mm. get out of the military. But he's currently going through some, uh, some stuff at the moment, and I said, are you okay? And he said, no, I'm not. And it gave us an opportunity to reconnect. And I was very worried that he may have gone again, was, you know, mm. thinking of going the wrong way. Um, when I checked in with him, it found out that he wasn't, but I, I've, all the emotions and feelings around that were based on the fact that I've just been to a funeral a couple of weeks earlier, <coughs> things haven't really passed, I'm mm. really concerned that he's going to go there. And, um, but he, thankfully he's not, and we talked through, and he's very much on track, as hard as it is, mm. and um, he's doing incredibly well, I think, given the circumstances. So that was... It can be all the difference, uh, Craig, that 10, 20, well, however long that conversation was, but, you know, you saw the signs, you understood his triggers, and, whatever and reasons, you know, it's remarkable, isn't it? Yeah, it and is. it doesn't take much. No, and to the environmental piece now, if somebody that I served with, I get any inclination, anybody mm. I know who served with them, I'm like straight on to them, send them a message, call him. He's doing it tough right now. Wonderful. And, uh, calling in the community. Yeah. And I started doing that with uh, a good, another good mate of mine who I'm doing some work with at the moment and bang straight into it. And so we're starting, mm. he knows that there's a support there and I'm, I'm trying to coordinate as much as I can. Um, no, wonderful, mate. Uh, yeah, it's a beautiful thing. Oh, it's great, great stuff. It's, it's going, just mate. awesome mm. to hear, man. But I've had, I had a bit of vulnerability, opportunity for vulnerability on Saturday night. Um, uh, I'm not afraid to say I had a couple of drinks Saturday night as I like to do. Yeah. Um, but 
uh, this other mate said to me, hey, when are you guys going to invite us around for dinner? And I asked the wife and she... <laughs> He's got some front. And she said, um, oh, I appreciate right. it. It's easier for them to come to us than for us to go to them yeah, yeah. Uh, with, with two kids. But um, I said to the wife, hey, when's this coming up? And I, I was a bit annoying about to her. I was like, hey, you know, what about this date? What about that date? Mm. Then I, I forgot about it and we uh, watched the television program and then later on that night I said, hey, look, I wasn't... Um, the reason I was asking, because I was reflecting a little bit on it, because I, I do have periods where I feel isolated. Um, like anyone who feels isolated, mm. I, mm. I'm, I won't say I'm my own worst enemy. I say I am not adhering to my typically disciplined approach of reaching out to others. Because okay. I try to, I maintain yeah. a difficult, uh, sorry, a disciplined approach um, with that. Probably like that. I can, I can certainly relate to that more days than not through the week. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so Absolutely. I think you need, especially because I, like, I live in Penrith, I don't know, like I'm, I'm getting to know the guys at the Penrith Men's Walk when I can go there. Yeah. I can't always make that. No. It's fantastic for anybody listening who's thinking of going It's enormous, along, isn't it? The Penrith yeah. Men's Walk and Talk is the biggest one in New South Wales and it's a fantastic mm. uh, opportunity to get out there meet some great guys. And so I've met some fantastic people through that. I go when I can. Mm. Um, but otherwise, uh, I'm, I'm really feeling disconnected a lot. Yeah. Right? And... Uh, so on the strength of that, I, I had a few tears and it was really lovely to share that with my wife and uh, she really, she's an amazing woman. So she really um, yeah, comforted me a bit and helped me to feel back on track. And uh, from that, I'm now organising a monthly catch up in the city with some mates over a couple of years. So that's going to be... on you, man. Yeah, that's, that's perfect. That's what you want. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Once a month's mm. enough for me, but I know everyone else needs different... Everyone's got their limits, what they need. But So back on track with that. So I'm, I'm feeling... Very much empowered uh, and excited. Your bucket's for, full. Yeah, and on top of that, one last thing on top of that. Yeah, 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 sure. Um, I've started getting a bit of business coaching from, of all things, um, a friend of a friend of ours called Shaz um, Sharon Cheney. If anyone's looking for a good psychic out there, uh, she's definitely, as far as I'm concerned, the real deal. And I'm quite the skeptic. Yeah. Um, and I got a bit of business coaching from her, and she said you've got financial blocks. Yeah. So a financial block is an expectation, a limitation on how much income you think you can earn or you deserve or whatever it is and yeah. she put me onto this EFT tapping videos on uh, YouTube mm -hmm. to help break through that and I've been feeling like I'm on another level and I've been floating towards my outcomes and yeah. I, I'm just uh, that's why I'm so excited to come and share little things like this because it made a huge change I, I don't you, you know I don't care what it is or who but you know as long as it makes you feel good whatever okay. system or whatever you know as you whatever. say you might be a skeptic it doesn't matter you know right. if it works for you then that's that's terrific you can actually see it and i'm sure blue and babes will agree you can actually see it in his face he's glowing in he i mean it's <laughs> he looks like he's on top of the world he's got a smile that goes from ear to ear and he you know um his hair's, uh, hair's too short though yeah he's, he's he, yeah. <laughs> it might be that big silver flask in his back pocket <laughs> <laughs> he's having a tap in i just want to make a quick mention of Bronnie spitz she's um just called in to say she's been listening and uh, that she's enjoying the show thanks thanks Bronnie. Bronnie's um, going to come in on uh, uh, beg your pardon she's going to come in on the 17th uh, I've had a as you know listeners we do get uh, ladies that come on the show 
Um, last year, this time, we had Penny Holbrook. Well, on the 17th, we're going to have Penny Holbrook and another amazing lady who is just going to inspire men, women, children, anyone, um, even the Dalai Lama, I reckon she'd give a crack, Alini Salakis. She's a, a wonderful, wonderful lady, uh, but she's uh, had a hard time in her life and how she's got herself uh, from where she was to where she is will inspire anyone. And we're also going to have Ace Evergreen and her mum. So she's a, a young Ace Evergreen. I think she's 12 or 13. And her mum's coming on, Rachel. And Bronnie's going to host the show. So it's going to be an all-female version of the men's mental health show on the 17th. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. But we're going to get a trial run of Ace Evergreen and Rachel next week who are coming on. So uh, really, really looking forward to that. And thanks for your call, Bronnie. Anyone else wants to phone in 04 or give me a call or a text 04040777. Triple six. Not sure of what the landline number is here, but, you know. I think it's also important to acknowledge one of the things that you shared with me today uh, in terms of our listeners. Sure. Because there's an international audience across 16 countries. Oh, something like that. Yeah, I've wow. got a, a, a... That's what um, uh, was at, at the last count, or, you know, at some time there'd been... We, we noticed that there's a lot of listeners that come in from the US, um, which is terrific. But since... Claire has put, because we can now say you can find us on your favourite podcast platform. It's um, almost like a cliche, isn't it, you know? Um, Are you on Stitcher? Yeah, I, I probably, I don't know. I, I, you get check it out. It's, it's Spotify, it iTunes, yeah, whatever. So uh, it's really made uh, the listening audience uh, broaden. Uh, broaden the listening audience and uh, it's been a wonderful thing. We've been getting a lot of... Um, feedback as well uh, but it's also too it's important to note that there's a website um, which is uh, you know www.mensmentalhealthshow.com um, really proud that Claire just got that platform the .com mensmentalhealthshow.com and you can actually join there for the chat you can for the blogs I think you've actually done that yeah, uh, probably. Yeah. You've, you've put some stuff up. I may or may not be wrong. I, that's in charge uh, with Claire. Mm -hmm. I, I don't have a computer. It's funny, isn't it? It's great you know? to have that URL, though. That yeah, icon. isn't it wonderful? Yeah, you know, yeah, something yeah. we're extremely proud of. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, you know, I've got a mate of mine, Nick. I won't uh, mention his surname because uh, he may or may not want uh, me to do so. Nick, I played... I hadn't uh, connected with Nick for over 20 years. I played cricket with him, a terrific young cricketer and a lovely young man. Um, when I say young man, he's only, what, five or six years younger than me. But, uh, you know, he, he came through and, and some of the feedback we've been getting has just been, it's been terrific, you know. And, and those type of things for the effort that we put in, um, that we can't, I mean, look, Bodes, you could be, you know, having clients over the two-hour period that we're doing. Uh, you know, Blue could be practising his badminton to, to try and take the title off Bodie. But, uh, you know, he comes in here and he does what he does. <laughs> he's, oh, I think he's going to thump me in a minute. But uh, Blue's, Blue's, reach you. Blue's the only 71-year-old I know that's still got a six-pack. Um, and that's not the one in his back pocket. That's the one straight across the front of his chest. He's as fit. Both these boys are as fit as they get. Not that you're not Bodes. You and I, we, we, we're just two blokes doing our best. Um, we're aspiring. <laughs> aspiring to do our best. <laughs> so, you, mate, it was, um, it, it was great to hear, uh, getting back to, to what you're saying there, Craig. Um, terrific. And uh, we'll, before we go to the next break, I want to hear from, from uh, Blue in just a moment. But when we come back, I want to 
really get in touch with some of the stuff that you're doing, how people can get involved with listening to some of your podcasts or your webinars that you say you're doing. Um, I think it's quite important that um, you know we, we promote any and all that we can. You did mention the Penrith uh, Men's Walk and Talk. Um, I, I want to make special mention to Andrew Wilson, who's also got a show that he does here. Um, the, the big boys, he's, he's got a uh, mid-mountains walk and talk that he does up here. I think he goes down there occasionally to Penrith. Um, Andrew also gets sponsored by or uh, supported with coffees from Noel Pope um, down there at Lawson. Uh, and he does some terrific stuff in the regards to uh, mental health on his show as well. So uh, good on you, um, uh, Andrew, or um, Buster Chai is his, uh, is his other name that he likes to run by. Um, uh, he's, a, he's a real, I've got to say, he's a real character. Um, yeah, they're a great guy, bunch of guys down there at Penrith. And um, look, they've certainly made me feel more than welcome. Yeah. Um, I had a, a just a, a, a sort of a promotion. I say a sort of a promotional thing. Okay, we did, I did a promotion down there where people give stuff away. They have weeks where people give stuff away. And I gave away 100 beanies with uh, the Men's Mental Health Show uh, on it, uh, as a, like embroidered mm. on it. And... Um, Got a chance to say a few words and um, oh, explain yeah. what I'm doing down there, um, and it's just a great thing to be part of. And um, it was, yeah, it was. It's cool. It's, it's such a great I've fellowship. Got to get him and, up. Yeah. I, I spoke to Kevin. Well, I, can, I can get you in touch with Kev. Yeah, can you do that? Because yeah. I, I I did have his number. Andrew did pass it on to me, and I do apologise to both Andrew and Kevin. Things sort of got away with us. I think COVID kicked in. We had spoken prior to that. We'd closed down for eight weeks for COVID, obviously, um, most of the shows here on RBM. Um, but, uh, yeah, we did that. I just had something that's just come through. New statewide support for people impacted by suicide has just been announced. Um, I think that would have come through on ABC, in particular the support service. Um, and you can check that out on a website called standbysupport.com.au. That's something that someone has just texted in. So that's another... Uh, uh, you know, support network, similar to are you okay? I think the more that we hear, the more that uh, we see, the more that mm. uh, people start to use. I think it's terrific. Mm. It, isn't it wonderful that um, uh, mental health is just becoming mm. such an enormous thing, you know? Yeah, and um, the more platforms are, uh, there are out there for support, the more that someone might find one that suits them. Yeah. You know? Like you might, like, like, you know, like Borley says, you know, there's, there's some stuff out there, but... Uh, it mightn't be suitable for everyone. So they think, well, that one doesn't work for me, but this other one, that sounds really interesting. Absolutely. And, uh, and that could be as simple mm. as the, the messaging. It could be as simple as a couple of words that are used in the title. Or Whatever little thing it is that, mm. that sparks you. Or you mm. find that the person involved, you think, mm, he doesn't really float my boat. And, that, you know, that can be enough. Oh, that's cool. That can be enough. That's that every day. Yeah. And also, too, and I don't... I honestly don't think well, we do this enough because pollies get a, a fair whack, don't they? But our local Polly, um, Trish Doyle and, and mm. Susan Templeman. I mean, Susan, Te what mm. Susan Templeman is doing for mental health is enormous. She's been a terrific support for us in, in regards to mm. the flying of the flag. We're still working on that too, listeners, uh, with uh, my good China plate, Dave King. David King, of course, uh, local Gundangara elder. Um, who's doing some magnificent work in the swamp or in the gully down here. We get on occasionally. Uh, he just did a show on, on the gardening show uh, that was recorded, I think, on Friday, maybe. Anyway. I've, I've actually got something, a nice story to tell you. About, about a politician? About a politician. Ah, and, right. All right, boys. Okay, Strap now, in. Now, let's... Put I, the belts on. I want to say this irrespective. In fact, two politicians, 
but let's. I just want to. I'm not going to name them. I just want to say this. Well, if they're nice of, stories, it's right. okay. They'll they'll be known pretty much by their. Okay. What they might be in the wrong party, though, mate. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's the that's the risk you run, and I'm not trying to be political by saying. It. I just think it's no, a really nice thing. So that's something that you steer clear of. Is, yeah, yeah, very much yeah. because it's too divisive. But I do like to have a. If someone's got one political approach, sometimes I'll have a bit of a dig at them. I don't know if you noticed. I had a bit, uh, tried to have a few cracks with the blue just now, just for the sake of it because it's I've, fun. Uh, yeah, he has we, put the he has yeah. tried to put the knife into you a few times yeah, about mate. being a major and you and, know. Well, <laughs> something very common to chicken stranglers. Mate. They can't <laughs> help it. It's too kind. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, so I've got some DVA claims in. Okay, I've had them in for over a year. I've heard nothing back and I've got a fantastic uh, DVA rep um, in John Hopman. If anybody would like to contact me after if they need a DVA rep, this guy's phenomenal. Works out of the Vietnam Veterans Peacekeepers and Peacemakers Association of Australia out of Granville. So shout out to them. But... Things were going slow and John called me and said, I've been speaking to DVA a day after I called DVA to see what was going on and it just wasn't happening. And I was just, like, just explain the DVA, DVA of is... Of course, is, uh, is, Department is. of Veterans Affairs yep, and uh, that's where you submit your uh, claims for anything that's not working anymore, such as your body or your mind or anything. Sure. And you put in the claims for that. And uh, Thank you. I went through the process, I think I might have alluded to it when I was on last time, of getting diagnosed. I went through a psychiatrist uh, who uh, wrote me up for four... Um, different things, PTSD, generalised anxiety disorder, alcohol use disorder, um, although that was probably more than likely an isolated incident, but I'm not going to go any further into that. <laughs> However, uh, things were going slow and um, I thought, stuff this. So um, I was watching telly late one night and I'm not typically, I won't typically go and watch uh, the ABC much, mm. it doesn't float my boat, um, for no other reason, I just don't. Um, mm. And I quickly on Q&A and I thought, you know, the reputation Q&A, they always argue and they always do whatever they do. Oh, yeah. But the Minister for Veterans Affairs was on. And he puts it to it, yeah. And he, the, like, there were, there were some problems. They had a lady on asking him some questions whose son had died and she's a huge advocate for veteran suicide and, and, yeah. and you know, more power to her. The Minister, in spite of um, his, you know, obvious shortcomings in her son, this lady's son's case, he... Maintain his composure, which is what they're trained to do. Um, mm. But he said he continued to say that you know if anybody's before and after his comments, he kept saying if anyone's struggling, call this number. And but I just thought there was a degree of compassion. I don't know if it's feigned with polys or not. You never can tell. Um, but I thought, but don't, too, don't yeah, sorry. Let's get out of the judgment of what happened, I guess. Yeah. But look, on the strength of that, I said I sent him an email the next day. I said, look, Minister... You did, did you? Yeah, I said, look, Minister, I, I'm not a Q&A watcher, but I flicked onto it for some reason, saw you on there and thought, I'm reaching out to you. My DVA claims are going slow. What can you do? The next day I get a phone call from DVA. Good afternoon, Mr... In fact, wow. the afternoon... I sent that email in the morning. The afternoon I had a missed call from them. They called me the next morning. Good morning, Mr Ball. We're very sorry uh, that this is taking so long. Uh, and they were straight onto it, like... Like yeah. flies on shit they were so good about it and they shared with me look the level that we're getting through these things is not the, the level of service we're giving isn't always what we would like we would like to be able to do so much more and it was so compassionate um, that I shared it on, uh, on the channels and another guy who I used to work with in the military um, a fantastic mm. captain who um, could have had a much I was told once could have become a general they thought he was so good and wow. I wouldn't doubt that for a second who's now out doing other things he reached out to me and said my claims have been 18 months I haven't heard a thing so I said here's the channels I took here's the emails I sent follow up that way and hopefully they'll get back to you and do the same so it was a you great reckon story. that's terrific because you, you reckon that after that show he would have been smashed or his department would have been 
smashed with emails, and that's a that. that look, I just want to add to that that in regards to the flag that we've been asking we spoke about it blue you know about the it. Aboriginal flag, yeah. yeah you made a terrific point look it's 2020 i think your comment your comment verbatim was it's 2020 let's get it up by 5 p.m that's uh that was the last thing that we said when blue was last on which was a t- that's as blue does that sums it up in a nutshell that's as a, about as best you could put it but um you know we contacted susan templeman and susan templeman actually came back to us within three days uh, and said I'll give you the flag, which was wonderful. Yes. We contacted Gladys Berejiklian's office. She got back to us in five days. We contacted council. They got back to us within everything. Every single person got back to We even contacted, and credit to the superintendent, Jones, down there at Springwood. He came back to us, um, and his words were, he'd like to see it as well, so I've, I've got to go with what he says. I was a bit disappointed for the Minister for Department of Emergency Services, and I, I call it as it is, David Elliott. So we, we wrote to 11 people, and the only person that didn't get back to us was, was very disappointing. So we're still waiting. Uh, Bait of breath, what is it? Um, deep in, uh, oh, I don't know, despairing, well, I don't know. Anyway, oh, it was a bit disappointing, <laughs> but... Um, but mate, you yeah, know, as you say, it's um, you know you've got to give credit where credit's due. Mm. Um, you know, uh, as you say that uh, Q and A, they do put Hamish does do it. I saw something recently on on is it Huckstep Huck Huckabee? What was her name? The the former speaker for the. I liked him better than the old guy who did it. Um, I thought Hamish was nicer than the guy that used to do it. I'm not going to name. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think Hamish does a terrific job. Yeah. I think he's a terrific journalist. I think that the ABC, I like Lee Sales. I think Lee Sales okay. puts yeah, some terrific good. questions for us. She, she puts some terrific questions forward to uh, uh, the former Speaker of the House for uh, Trump had come out. She was trying to promote a book. And um, so you, I don't want to get political, but, <laughs> you know, journalists, in, in, because See in, in the US, it, it, and Bodie's doing the... He does that. You got. I should record it. Bodie does the best Trump dance. You know where he can sort of works himself backwards. You know, but in in COVID, in the COVID, US COVID. they they don't have to respond. Journal uh, politicians. You know, mm. so it, journalists really have to suck up to whoever it is they're interviewing. Otherwise, the next time they won't get an interview. But Lee Sales, if you haven't seen it, it's. Um, Huckabee, uh, the former Speaker of the House, yeah. Lee Sales. Go, go and Google it. It's one of the greatest interviews of an American politician I think I've seen. So, mm. but we're not a political show. No, indeed. But while, while we're talking about <laughs> while we're talking about Lee Sales, she's very interesting because you know she uh, she's an army brat. You know, she lived in army married quarters. Her father was a uh, was a soldier, and uh, mm. she's written a great book that I'd commend to anyone. While we're talking about these kind of things about how you cope with life and how uh, uh, you know, just one single day can change everything. Uh, Lee Sales's book is called Any Ordinary Day. Oh, yeah, right. To yeah, anyone that hasn't man. read it, I, I, I uh, commend it to you. It's just, you know, like you open a door one morning and you, this is your new normal. Yeah, you know, well, your life is now, Yeah. you know, what we in our call, family call, you know, the time before, before mm. we lost our mm. oldest son. Uh, you know, the, any ordinary day, it's it's a great read. And we, uh, Sharon and I, are members of the uh, Dimmock's Book Club Society and they have the authors come into town in various, you know, hotels in Sydney and they, you know, flog their wares. And uh, mm. I met uh, I met um, Lee Sales and I said, mate, when you're growing up in the in the married quarters, you know, as a you know, family of an AJ, you know, 
what did they call you? They have a nickname, you know, with the flaming red hair, where you, you know, like the raging ranger. And she said, no, 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 mate. no imagination. I was just salesy. Salesy. Like, did oh, you say salesy. that to him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You really did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> How too big is that? She, uh, she uh, signed my copy of the book, and you know, I said, well, mate, uh, ranger to ranger. I think you're doing a good job. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's unreal. And uh, then yeah, as we walked out, awesome, she was just to uh, you know sign the book. So I said, see you, salesy. And she just looked over, you know. Kinda, I thought you were going to. Kinda, you know, like, you know, took her, back, took her back to her, uh, um, you know, uh, days growing up in the, in the married quarters, which, you know, it does build up resilience amongst kids, like with my own kids, mm. you know, it's given them a lifetime of, uh, you know, a sense of adventure and travel and, you know, um, AJ kids, you know, always restless about what else is there, you know, what else can I do, mm. and what's this place going to be like? Anyway, I just want to go back to a point um, Ballsy raised before, because it really does, you know flog that expression float my boat you know you mentioned uh, exercise and activity and when you get bad news you get out and really uh, punish yourself you know of all the blokes that i was in vietnam with and you know from around about that era of uh, you know joined the army around the 60s and 70s to all of those that are you know um uh you know um taking life by the throat and riding it to the ground like a dying emu we're all fit we're all active we're all doing stuff you know what i mean like Somebody, you know, blokes will say to me, oh, what are you into, Blue? And I say, well, if it ends in ING, I'm either doing it or I've done it and I've had a crack at it, you know. <laughs> it just, um, you Good know, I kind of, uh, you know, I play active badminton, I'm a runner, uh, you know, I go canyoning, I go climbing. And, you know, just last week I ran a corporate adventure gig for a, a mob of builders down in Sydney. And you did that um, north walk as you – that was yeah, – that yeah, looked yeah. punishing, man. Um, that looked I'd love gruesome. to come and do a canyon yeah, with you sometime. Yeah, yeah, I'll take you, mate. That but, looked uh, gruesome. You know – it's like I often say, you know, like you'd be, and you are Sharon as well, you know, we sit next to people at, you know, these interminable, very formal dining in nights where you get togged up in your penguin gear and this sort of stuff and you look at the seating plan and you go, oh, no, you know, like, um, but often find when, when you talk to people, and I think this is like a key to surviving life to, uh, you know, to really grasping it is, you know, when I talk to someone and you ask them various questions, there has to be something that makes their eyes shine or makes their eyes light up. And when, you know, like you can talk to Bodie about, you know, getting out on the motorbike and the veggie patch, you know, and his eyes light up and you think, you know, he's got something that he gets up for in the morning, you know. And uh, like I say, for those that, uh, you know, have got some sort of a, a sporting interest or, you know, just getting up for a run or just going for a brisk walk or, you know, you know, putting a harness on and jumping off one of the biggest escarpment cliffs in Katoomba, you know, you've, you've got to have a reason at my age to get up and you've got to have something that when you're talking to someone else, you have a sparkle in your eye. <laughs> and I just hope I'm giving off the vibe that I get from others that, you know, this bloke is awake, he's alive, you know, he's not apologising for life. And uh, I remember, you know, talking about this, um, you know, like intense activity thing. When, when I was still acting as a reserve major instructor down at the Adventure Training School, now based at Wagga, um, we had a big armoured corps bloke that had a bad time on his last tour of Afghanistan. He wasn't doing too well and uh, <coughs> he unfortunately wasn't able to finish the leader's course in adventure that, uh, you know, we hoped he would. And uh, he was just in the process of getting, um, you know, administered back to uh, North Queensland. And, uh, yeah, he was feeling a bit sad and down in the dump side, but he got hold of him one morning and... Um, I could see him from the window out on the grass area and he just moping around and I said, you know, uh, 
let's go for a bit of a trot, mate. You know, you're bloody lounging around the place. I'm 63 and I'll run your bloody legs off, you slack-armoured core bastard. And, you know, we got up and ran. We ran about 5K around the dirt tracks around Wagga. And, uh, you know, I was really pushing him and pushing him and pushing him. I says, mate, I'm, I'm only in second gear, you know. Like, you've got to make me work. And he's right, you bastard. So, you know, we sprinted back to the camp. But he knocked me off, you know, as he should have. We'll probably give him bloody 40 years. But um, it just worked, you know. It just worked. And that afternoon he went for another run. He hooked up with one of the instructors and they went and played a game of squash. You know what I mean? It yeah. just pushed a button that reminded yeah. him that he was still alive. Yeah. And... That physical activity, mm. I mean, you could have followed that bloke behind when I, I nearly bloody died of a heart attack because I pushed him to run and, you know, he can run the big bastard. And um, It's one of your many, many though, assets though, you, Blue. You've, you could have picked up the sweat from that bloke and bottled it as pure stress because, yeah. you know, stress has a smell, fear has a smell. Yeah. I got some just last week when I was working with those builders. I can walk into a room of blokes and I can tell who's really doing it hard because blokes that are really in fear for their lives. They give off a smell. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's mm. something that you pick up. He's but anyway, he, yeah. he's, uh, he subsequently rang me after the course and he says, mate, can I adopt you as my grandfather? And I said, no, you can piss off. I'm all your grandfathers, you know, my <laughs> grandkids. He just says, what about the crazy old uncle? I said, I'm there, I'm there. <laughs> so, uh, Not the psycho old uncle. Yeah, 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 this bloke, <laughs> yeah, this bloke... Uh, That's all right, I don't This bloke went on. back and you know, subsequently transitioned out of the army and, uh, you know, he, he, he's doing okay. And I said, well, what are you doing to keep yourself fit and active? He says, oh, Blue, he said, you wouldn't even get within a mile of me now, you old bastard. And I said, that's exactly <laughs> what I want to hear, yeah. you know, because he was like I had a bloody metal cattle prod and I got it right up where the sun doesn't shine. Yeah. And he's, he just needed that jolt. And now, you know, he's, he's doing okay. Gets you back in the game, gets you mission focused. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It, We talk about tool, tools having your toolkit and, and, I, and I often talk about life assets. You know, to be a good listener is, is an asset. It's an asset for life. To be, you know, a good reader uh, is an asset for life. To be inspired, to inspire, um, mm. to be able to read others. And there's not too many assets or life assets that uh, this bloke, Blue Phillips, you don't have, um, you know, a good mate of mine, a uh, colourful character to say the least, uh, Phil Franks, um, it said very much the same thing to me. You've got to have something to get up for in the morning that's going to get you going. And I think one of the terrific things about you, Blue, is, I mean, mate, you've had, I mean, I wouldn't even know where to begin with what you guys have gone through and... Uh, You've had it all, to be honest with you, but your resilience, I think the fact that you can inspire um, and to have this guy to sort of think, you know, you're my hero. Yeah, you know, as much as you... Pretty much. It's a wonderful thing to have somebody just say to you, will you be... Can I be you? Um, Can mm. you be my uncle? Be (laughs) crazy or... I think each one of us have a little bit of craziness, incidentally. It doesn't hurt. Oh, oh, that's what makes us interesting. It's Sorry, interesting Bobby. the topic, um, Norris. It's interesting the topic of how you can be inspired physically because if someone's out mm. there and they're feeling uh, grief-stricken or overcome, it's a little different for everybody. And what I mean by that is probably the easiest way to explain that is um, to share with you the first death that I experienced in my career where I... Sure. I was really taken about it more than any of the others because um, I've come across deaths of drug by drugs and you name it. But when I was in 2019, sorry, in 2009, God, what year are we in? 2009, just before my first deployment, we were down in Kaltana and 
that was when um, Mason Edwards was shot uh, and killed. Okay. Um, just just remind everyone of Mason yeah. Edwards. He so was Mason Edwards was a commando and mm -hmm. uh, in Alpha Company. Um, he was a really really good operator, a bit of a natural at everything. Just a fantastic guy. I think we were. He was very well liked too, wasn't he? Oh, very mm. much. We were having beers for my birthday about a month earlier. Mm. Right. So October of that year, we we're in um, down in Coltana, just outside Port Augusta, at a military range down there. Mm. Um, he came along what was supposed to be a safe wall. The team entered the compound. This is now very well documented and everything's passed about it. But uh, suffice to say, team hit their target, round ricocheted out of the safe wall that wasn't properly safe and uh, connected and yeah, took, right. him, took him with it. Uh, anyway, uh, it was the nine days after that that we were allowed to grieve before we ended up finishing up our... Um, exercise early that we're allowed left to grieve and there are a couple of attempts for us to get out and do some exercise and one of those within a few days was a game of touch footy and I just wasn't ready I just needed that for some reason that grief that just sat with me because it was so close like I was on the ground I was on the perimeter you know we were providing support actually there as part of that activity when that occurred so um, that was really difficult when you say beg your pardon Bolly but Craig when you say allowed to grieve yeah. are you saying off duty we can go to the pub or we can play touch footy um, allowed but no more so by allowed to grieve I meant it was almost scheduled, so no more activities were... Okay, so it happened that night. Then for at mm. least nine days, no more activities were scheduled for us to go and do. No more compounds, no more helicopter operations. We were doing heaps of stuff. During the next nine days? Yeah, wow. it was like an operational pause, in other okay. words. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so that's yeah. a sign of respect. Okay, yeah. Right. Yeah. thank so, you. Um, during that time, yeah, I just wasn't ready, but it's also very interesting um, to the what, what Blue says because what got me out of that was one guy who to this day is still a great support from time to time when we do get a chance to chat and quite an inspiration to me who I feel I owe a massive debt of gratitude not only for that but for what he did the following year which is a story for another podcast probably but um, uh, who's still serving ex-Royal Marine um, who was also he'd been a PTI as well at some point in his career and he took us all out and put us through a circuit that just worked us and the last time we chatted he brought this up and I, I lost it in, the, in my memory, but within a day or so of that, um, uh, that touch footy match, which I couldn't, I took the first opportunity to go and do an admin task to get myself out of doing it. I just didn't feel up to it. Uh, he took us out for a circuit and made it enjoyable and made it fun and would have destroyed us, smashed us so hard, like what you're talking about with intensity blue. And we all came back from that feeling amazing mm. and it certainly pushed that out. So... My first, I suppose, experience of something where we've got significant grief involved was tough. I couldn't get to that point, and I'm sure there's people out here right now who might think, I'm struggling to walk today, I'm struggling to get out of bed over this grief. So I guess what we're saying is not everyone, it's different for everyone, and not everyone's going to be able to jump out tomorrow and go run around the block. However, start moving when you can, and always, even if you can't right now, put that as a goal. As soon as, I'm, I'm, as, soon as this weight that is a physiological impact impediment to me right mm. now lifts just enough try and do something because that will get you moving and that will get the blood pumping and moving it, this system. i'll tell you now listeners this if there's anyone that this really needs to be applied to this it's me uh i'll put my hand out for that but to from both of you really yeah i need to do it more you know i've got a great little dog he's my best mate i need mm. to get out there every day these days i just don't 
Look, it, just the it. truth is we are embodied. We are a body. We have organs um, and legs and big muscle groups. And if we're not moving them, we're not um, exercising them, um, you know, there's a problem. But also, we are feeling. So a lot of guys uh, would say to me, um, how are you feeling? Oh, I'm feeling a bit mad. Or they're saying, I'm feeling a bit bad. Or, or I'm feeling a bit sad. And it's so such a narrow range of feeling. So um, as embodied men, we do need to be in touch with our feelings um, as a, um, an, an aspect of our embodiedness. So exercise is crucial, but so is exercise in the muscle of feeling um, and acknowledging it and being able to name it and being able to also um, find our points of consolation when we are sometimes feeling um, uh, separated from our bodies or in grief or something. Mm. And whether it's reading, whether it's poetry, whether it's somebody like Lee Sales, you know, that, that, that we can admire and be inspired by. We do have to have our inspirational sort of role models, but we also need to feel because the truth of feeling is what ultimately inspires far more powerfully than an instruction um, or a rationalisation or a command statement from somebody. Mm. Uh, feel, feeling is the ultimate um, brew uh, for pushing through into resilience. Yeah? Mm. Mm. yeah, but you can do both. Like you know, you can take your thoughts with you on your run or your walk or whatever, and, Get it out and, that and way. do both. And kind of, uh, kind of, you know, uh, um, sort of, uh, you know, uh, crystallize. Where, yeah. you, uh, where, you, yeah. where you need to be in your head and, yeah. and that kind of space, whether you run on your own or you go for a walk on your own or, you know, especially living up here, it's just inspiration. Well, you've got you know, every, so many opportunities, that's right. You know, you, you might go out with a problem and, you know, kind of come back with at least a, at least a parcel solution. But, you know, I um, was into distance running for a while. One of my heroes, of course, was Rob DiCostello and his expression was hmm. uh, um, – when you come back from a run and you look out the window and you think, well, maybe I shouldn't have gone, but you do that in retrospect because you've already got up and gone out. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. So uh, mm. he'd say, you know, the only time to look out the window and decide whether you should have run or not is when you've already been and well, you're yeah, looking out the window <laughs> post-run because you say, oh, you know, it's a little bit windy, oh, it's a yeah. little bit, it's a little bit this, a little bit that, just, you know, it's only water, it's not going to hurt yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. We used to do it as kids, you know. Like I'd, I'd go for a surf. It wouldn't matter if there was a wave out there or not. Uh, it was just all about getting wet. Uh, look, with the Men's Mental Health Show, we're uh, joined here with, uh, of course, every week my co-host and uh, local psychotherapist, Bodie Marsden, who uh, can be contacted on 0424 We're going to have a quick break and just come back and uh, wrap things up. Um, of course, you're bought, we are brought to you by... Uh, uh, Mounties Group down there with my good mate Dale Hunt and uh, of course Noel Pope also a good mate of mine down there at uh, Lawson and the Greater Lawson community down there at the post office. Uh, we'll be back in just a moment. Paul's Boutique an exploration, a musical journey Wander from room to room, look in high and low places. Browse and explore dusty boxes of LPs. Various music, past and present, jazz and funk, blues and disco, reggae and soul, mixes and matches. 6 to 8, every Tuesday, Radio 89.1, RBN.
The Carrington Hotel is without doubt a great, constant supporter of our community and of Radio Blue Mountains 89.1 FM. Why not support them right back by popping over to the Carrington Cellar and Deli on Park Street from 10am seven days a week. Go and browse their diverse, healthy food, local wines and beers, snippets of delectables, or go sip an excellent coffee. There's definitely something there for everyone, including free delivery. Phone 47820999 or check out thecarrington.com.au. Oh, yeah. Slow hand. Clappers, uh, there's a strange brew with uh, Crossroads. Uh, that's a live uh, recording. Um, I think that was done back in 1967 from memory. Um, around about the time uh, that uh, Dave Gilmore was actually playing and then uh, moved across, of course, uh, later into Pink Floyd. Um, I think uh, Gilmore's a couple of years older than those boys, but he's in, still in pretty good shape. I'll, I'll finish up with... Um, uh, a Pink Floyd song after we finish here. But um, anyway, uh, getting back to the show, you at Men's Work Mental Health Show, I'll spill over here. Um, joined, of course, uh, as I am every week with local psychotherapist um, and my co-host, Bodie Marzen. Um, we're joined today uh, uh, by two former uh, veterans. Uh, uh, one, of course, Blue Phillips, gave us 50 years of service. Um, it's just massive. And, of course, uh, two tours of Afghanistan. Um, and uh, second appearance on the show, Craig Ball, and it's been a terrific show so far. Just wanted to, you know, you mentioned, we might ask what we're all reading. Um, I just wanted to go to you first, Blue. Um, mate, you know, how's Sharon? How's uh, things with you guys? Uh, what's been going on? I know you did that massive, uh, that North Walk that I saw you did a post. I, I, you know, full credit, I don't know how you do it, mate. You really are, you're, you're a machine, really. You must have to get your joints oiled. <laughs> Don't you reckon, Bodes? Yeah. It's cool, sure is. <laughs> well, it's good, man. You're like a big red. That's terrific. Mm. Mm. <laughs> yeah, so I've been getting out, doing a bit of stuff, did the Great North Walk. Uh, and, um, yeah, got a really, you know, good bunch to, of... What is the North Walk, just so the listeners know, which is here in the mountains, well, of course? Well, the Great North Walk is um, one of those, uh, you know, multi distance walks that every state in Australia likes to have so they can attract tourists and that sort of stuff and just, uh, you know, add a bit more interest to uh, living life in Australia and attract tourists. And the Great North Walk starts in uh, suburban Sydney and finishes in suburban Newcastle. But we, my mates done. and I have uh, picked the eyes out of it and done, the you know, the central uh, kind of bushwalking part. But the interesting thing, you know, because we, you know, we all live in the Blue Mountains and, you know, and they say, oh, you know, this bit from here to here is, uh, you know, very hard and takes seven hours up. <laughs> And if you're a bloody, you know, <laughs> soft as custard and you live in Sydney, it might take you seven hours. We'll, we'll zip it in four. Well, I'll tell you what, you know, the Blue Mountains walking, you know, it's plateaued and, you know, once you've gained your height, you tend to keep that height for a while. Uh, but that, that, that country, you know, like between, um, you know, say Thornley and, uh, you know, Barara Waters and beyond that to, uh, you know, uh, Brooklyn, it's like bloody mm. Toblerone country, mate. You up and down yeah. these Yarmas and down the other side and across the creeks yeah, and up the other side. Yeah, 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 and yeah. Some of it's some of it's so steep that you know to get up some of the rock faces or indeed to get down them. Uh, Particularly on the other the, side, uh, there, yeah. Uh, the the cliffs have got uh, metal stirrups in them, mate. Oh, really? And, and and you're going up that with like a you know a three, four, or five day pack or whatever. And uh, I tell you what, mate, you, it's tough country. Yeah. So well, of course we'd know that mm. for those that. Have, 
driven the M1, or of course yeah, yeah, it used to yeah. be the F1. That is severe, <laughs> you know, country, <laughs> Brooklyn, country. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah, just yeah. on the other side, of course, you know, that's, um, man, that's, you know, yeah. <laughs> as you anyway, say, so it's Toblerone a, country. Yeah, that's a... Sums it up well, doesn't it? Good country. So we've been, uh, yeah, we've been out doing that sort of stuff and still, you know, trying to keep myself as fit and active as I can. But yeah, Sharon's uh, getting better and better and stronger. She's... Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, bitten the bullet. She's determined to uh, come through this, uh, you know, shoulder injury from the fall in January. So mm. she's doing a physio and massage, and she's good on her, man. Bloody religiously, you know, uh, sticking to the routine every day. And she, it's part of it's online. So you know, the physio knows what she's yeah, doing because yeah. she goes on this uh, online app, and you know, fifty of these and forty of those, and she's as conscientious as ten conscientious things to get that done and, you know, to right. get to a point where she's... So that's know, where you get your discipline from, isn't it? Yeah, that's the one, yeah. that's the one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sharon always said every time I got promoted, she was always two, you know, <laughs> steps above. So, yeah, she is the genuine... She's a general's general, mate. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's wonderful, man. Um, yeah. And look, uh, Blue, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on, mate. Um, you know, as I mentioned before... the you know, you've got some of life's greatest assets. I, I forgot to mention telling a yarn. Geez, you can tell a bloody good one at that. You put the way you put words together is uh, as good as anybody I've ever met, man. Um, I no, love it. No, uh, it. It's absolutely true. Um, the liveness that comes out of uh, Blue yeah. Linton um, is truly inspirational. Good on you, brother. You're um, yeah, he you made of that man. And, love you, and, mate. And, his love you mate. and his storytelling. I mean, it's quintessential Australian, isn't it? it it's absolutely. It's got that larrikin. Um, everything's a, <coughs> everything's reduced. To, you, you laugh. Um, it's just uh, and it's you know and it's you know real. It's bloody yeah. real. It's his grit. It's his guts. It's his ground. It's his brew. It's his um, absolutely. I can, fair I can dinkum. having only just met you and not only. Just being like a school kid, you know, yeah. like my hero type, type like deal going on here. <laughs> yeah. To the listeners not uh, sitting out there going, oh, you come on. Yeah. It's actually true. And yeah. we've only heard a few, I've only heard a few little stories yeah. and anecdotes and stuff like that. But uh, I've, yeah, I'm sitting there feeling pretty inspired by the things that you've shared. So, um, sir, I. We should actually, you, I, you know, talk Thank to the so station much. and see if we can have Blue's Corner, you know. <laughs> I mean, it was Blue's Clues. We can't take that. That's taken. Um, but Blue's Corner, I'm telling a bloody good yarn. Imagine that on, on local radio. It, it, it'd be, you get twice as many listeners as I do. I, I don't think I do. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bad idea. We'll it's a bad, idea. We'll bad, bad, <laughs> bad idea. Not going to happen. Sorry, Blue. <laughs> All right. But, mate, going back to it, thanks. Um, from the absolute bottom of my heart, mate. I love you, brother. And it, uh, you know, it means an enormous amount to me to have you on and I know that uh, if it does to me it does to my listeners so yeah. thank I you I think no, it's been fun you know I often think that you know we've got to grow as we go through life so you know try and develop a bit of tolerance so I get up here and find myself stuck in a room with a couple of kiwis and a chicken strangle I mean how, <laughs> how bloody tolerant do I have to be yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the only thing we need to do is just put a bloody chain around yeah. his ankle connected to the table eh? I, I, I hate to correct you but uh, I wasn't I was a commander, not a SAS operator. Nah, so chicken strangler's going to sit, mate. That's, that's what it is. If he said it, that's what it is. Chicken strangler it is, buddy. Sorry. Unlucky. Unlucky. So I was an SAS operator. God. Anyway. And so, and to you, Craig, Craig Ball, mate, that's been, you know, an honour. And you said some lovely things, you know, to us all. But you are a gentleman. You're a gentleman's gentleman. You are. You're... A kind, gentle, and and open soul, um, uh, and I, and I do appreciate that. 
uh, someone to come on um, to, you know, go through life, to have some of the things that you've lived, to share that. Uh, it's a credit to you. And I know that um, you find it easy. That's the wonderful thing. And it's, uh, you know, we, we talked earlier about vulnerabilities. Um, it just comes naturally for you, mate. And, um, you know, that, that helps an enormous amount of men. Um, if anyone uh, needs to see a picture of Craig, he's, he's, a, he's a big fella, you know, he's built like a brick shit house and, um, you know, he's, he's, he's a second rower. There's so, always someone bigger, that's all I like to say. <laughs> he's, a, he's a rugby second rower, you wouldn't <laughs> argue with him, mind you, Bluewood. But, um, you know, it's, it's been great having you on. So, and, and with that said, mate, what's, tell me some of the stuff that you've got. Give us, uh, you know, this is your opportunity to, to, Thanks, to throw it out there and promote some of the uh, stuff you're doing because it's terrific. So yeah, I um I work as a uh, as a consultant, um, as a change manager, which is something I'm very passionate about, helping people through the hardest things that occur in their life. And uh, one of my greatest experiences was getting my mental health and resilience program up and, and running that in Sydney Trains, which I'm I've got a meeting tomorrow. I'm very excited to say uh, with a, a section of the business that I'm very uh, passionate about uh, to be able to hopefully start running that again before the end of the year, which will be exciting. But that has inspired uh, a men's eight-week online men's mental health resilience program um, that is the direction I'm taking my business is out to the general men in the general public. Um, and that'll enable me to do a lot more of my volunteer stuff beyond that as I grow into that space. So we're, um, we've got a webinar coming up for that uh, in two weeks' time on 17th of November. Um, the link to that, if you want to um, find that online to see the um, sales funnel to that, if you just go to uh, my website, changeseminars.com, uh, and you can click to read more on that, and it'll take you through the sales funnel. There's, um, the URLs are quite uh, quite difficult and convoluted sometimes when you put these things together. However, um, and I'll also have a link, uh, I'll send through all the details and links for the at the mensmentalhealthshow.com so you can go and find that there. Um, I'm very excited about that. This is a bit of a legacy of love in the last 20 years of all the work I've done um, and has crystallised the most important lessons, I think, to not only give you um, uh, mental, better mental health and to find clarity uh, and to develop your confidence and to, to determine more of who you are, but to give you a break from all the stress and the things that happen in your life and how to live life almost like you've got an unfair advantage to move through um, some of the things that stress us most and also to help you to find a new direction and empower you to become more mm. and reclaim your power as a man. Um, I've focused mostly on men because that's where I've had a lot of success. Um, mm. and it's what you know. Exactly right. Mm. Yeah. Um, and so that's... It, we, we don't mean to be discriminatory. It, no. It's just... just no. it, you know, <clears> when <throat> some people say that to me, why don't you do... Why isn't your show called The Mental Health Show? It's just what I know. Exactly. Yeah. It's easy. Um, and so out to men everywhere I think they have unique needs and so mm. I like to, to work towards that but um, in addition to that I've still I'm, we're growing now we're over 500 members of the Men's Mental Health Transformation Facebook isn't that group. wonderful it's man entirely free other than my mental health program that's in the Facebook group's entirely free to join my intention wow. with that is to add enough free content that people can take away and start making some change in mm. their life well let's um, reciprocate some of that uh, with each other because um, mm. I'm sure I've got a lot of uh, people that uh, mm. join you know what, what we've got, and we'll, we'll put that across our pages for yeah, you. And too, those 500 mate. people know 500 other people. Absolutely. Can Luke. talk to yeah. another yeah. group. So before you know it, you know, yeah. you're really starting to get somewhere. Yeah, exactly right. I do send direct messages to grow that every mm. day, but uh, it's, uh, it's growing 
quite well. And I, I hold competitions. We're having a Movember competition to uh, whoever grows the best tash will uh, gets a free, wins a free beanie. I still have some cheating. of those beanies that I gave away. So yeah. giving away another one as a wow. competition winner. How and, am I going so far, right? Outstanding. Hey. You started the I'm getting Mervigo, mate. Looks uh, like you've uh, come uh, around uh, to clean uh, the pool. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> Only the corners. <laughs> I'll, I'll just to remind the listeners that uh, in the Australian Constitution, they wrote in an opportunity for the Kiwis to uh, to become a state of Australia. Oh, of but course. we're still hanging out because of the obvious superiorities <coughs> that us Kiwis uh, currently sort of yeah. hold. Yeah. In, in certain, we won't talk about the sort of. Sporting sort of climate, you know. Was it? It was always forty-six points on the weekend, wasn't it? <laughs> There's a few unusual characteristics about Kiwis that I've found. Um, oh, here we they, go. Just this they, is the mute button dump. Yeah. <laughs> You'll always see them getting around in threes, and the reason for that is with a group of three Kiwis, <laughs> one can generally write, the other can read, and the third likes to be in the company of intellectuals. <laughs> that sounds like me. Hang on, is he? Is he talking about me? Yeah, yeah, probably. probably. I don't get it. I don't understand that. You might Look, say uh, that someone where, <laughs> someone where a mate in inverted commas lends them a book and seven months later they still haven't read the thing and they're going to give it back to you. Well, we we're going to go through and see what we're all reading. So just maybe if we can do that quite quickly. Um, uh, I've been reminded, I've just finished doing a, um, a, a pain management book, but... Uh, I was reminded that Blue gave me the book on Kokoda, uh, which is a Peter Fitzsimons book. I've read a couple of Peter Fitzsimons books. Yes, I know there's a few people thinking, you know, you don't, you don't read Spillow. Uh, but I have. I've read <laughs> Steve Waugh's book uh, and I've, 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 I've done two and a half chapters of the Kokoda. So what, have, what are you into at the moment, Boge? You've got a, you, you're always often two or three books at a time yeah. sometimes, aren't you, mate? I'm ploughing through uh, Dawn to Decadence, which is uh, 500 years uh, from the 15th century to now. Jacques uh, Bazin. Um, so it's a fascinating exploration of art, literature, poetry, music, philosophy, politics, um, the mo movement from monarchies to republics. It explores all those themes over the last 500 years. So it's, a, mm. it's a massively interesting read. Yeah, yeah, wow. That's, um, that's got a lot of topics. Um, that seems to be a bit too in-depth for Aussies, mate. That's well, it's high, just high, highbrow, yeah, 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 absolutely. Highbrow. It's like, that's rated. Yeah. That's a black run, that book. Yeah, um, what, what have you got going, Bluey? You can always talk about these books. It's got the big uh, the big section in the middle for the, uh, you know, the colouring in. I've got the pictures. Yeah, the... Uh, all yeah, right. He's okay. How's this? What's the second best badminton player in Blue Mountains <laughs> reading at the moment? Uh, yeah, just um, yeah, I'm pretty avid reader. Just you know, finished a number of books, but the one I'm reading at the moment, just about to knock off, is called uh, Diggers of Cold. It's it's quite interesting about a whole bunch of uh, mm -hmm. POWs in various camps in uh, you know um, uh, Greece and uh, Austria and Germany. Oh, wow. a whole bunch okay. of Aussies. Yeah, Diggers of Cold. It's it's a it's a good yarn. Wow. But, um, one of the best books that Sharon and I have read this year is one I'd commend to anyone uh, is uh, Where the Crawdads Sing by Delia Owen. That's a beautiful book. Mm. Where the Crawdads Sing. Yeah, brilliant. Mm. Okay, we might put some of these books up on the page mm. to get Claire to do yeah. that. What, what's going on with you, Bully? What have you oh, got man, going at the moment? I'm always across a bunch of books and, yeah. and some take my attention for different times. We'll pull out things. one that... Uh, I've yeah, got three that I want to top three that I want to okay. share with you at the moment. You do that, uh, The most recent one is called 11... It's either 11 Cricket Bats or 11 Bats. Oh, this... Mm. Yeah. Yeah, mm. by a guy called Harry Moffat. 
He's an ex-SAS operator, I think 25 years in the military total, but he's a, quite an inspirational figure uh, to me and probably many others. And the whole concept of 11 cricket bats is that over 11 years and a deployment by the sounds of things of every year, he took a cricket bat with him. Wow. The first one they got from, um, they sent an interpreter, they were right on the border of Pakistan, they sent an interpreter into Pakistan. I it's a Taliban-contested country to find this cricket bat. Paid 100 bucks for it, brought it back, smuggled it back in a rug and the guy, the, there's even a story behind the, the name on the cricket bat of, it's, it's, of this legendary Pakistani player. Like, there's a whole story. And yeah, if you've ever played yeah, backyard yeah. cricket, this book will suck you in because mm. everywhere he went, he played cricket somewhere. Yeah, and wow. brought the locals in. Hearts and minds is such a huge thing in, in um, particularly third world well, countries. Well, it, it, it's, it's our signature game here in Australia, really, isn't it? It's what's mm. done through summer and... But Pakistan, you know, um, the late Abdul Qadir passed away last year. He was one of my friend, uh, favourite uh, cricketers as a kid. I used to try and emulate a lot of what the Pakistanis did. They, what a, I mean, imagine going into those regions, even Afghanistan. Like, cricket's massive. Yeah. Massive. Cricket you think it's massive. big here. It's Just, massive there. I don't know if anyone's ever followed the, the stockos that were on about uh, the Afghani cricket team. They are quite small, and that's probably because it's such a poverty-stricken country. But mm. um, we... We played cricket in Afghanistan in my second trip and it was with the locals and they loved it. Uh, yeah. It's huge over there. So yeah. that's a fantastic book. Highly recommend it to anybody. Um, I have a leadership sort of book I'm reading as well. There's a book by my mate Bram Connolly called The Commando Way. Highly recommend it. Um, talks about times and, and different things in his career and how that great leadership lessons. Uh, particularly one quote from that that is very short but about optimism that I'm using in all my presentations at the moment, which is so good, is... Being optimistic doesn't mean that everything will be okay. Mm. Being optimistic means that you'll be okay regardless of how things turn out. And I think that mm. perfectly crystallises nice. that. So highly recommend The Commando Way. And the last one is The Hope Circuit, which is the, a memoir by my favourite living psychologist, Martin Seligman. And it, it's mm. great. It's really interesting, but also puts me to sleep at night. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, that's been a, a fantastic show, guys. I appreciate you all coming in. Actually, it reminded me of... Um, uh, what do you call them when you have them above your desk? You know, you read them every day. I had one at work and it, would, it said, the pessimist complains about the lack of wind, the optimist looks for the wind to change and the leader just adjusts the sail. And I think that uh, goes well with the show we've done today. Give that some thought. Mm. Look forward to seeing you next week. Don't forget, we've got young Ace Evergreen. She's only 12 years of age. She's a magnificent voice and her mum, Rachel, coming on. And then we're going to have an all-female show uh, the following week. So uh, Bodie and I will be back next week. Um, it's been terrific, boys. Thank you. All the best. And uh, we'll see you next week. It's um, the Men's Mental Health Show. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Well,